All right, Brandon, what's going on? Nothing. Ridge to Ridge Outdoors, Episode 5. Ridge to Ridge Outdoors, Episode 5. What are we talking about? Fitness. Fitness. Physical fitness, mental fitness, spiritual fitness. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I, you know. Let's just leave it out. Yeah. yeah, let's leave it out. But anyways, physical fitness. Um, super big thing in our lives. Tell me about what you do in terms of physical fitness. I run a lot. And I also have started to work out quite a bit. Um, so much so that I've been tapering off my running and just focusing on working out. Because during, I, I did a vlog on the YouTube channel. It, uh, I kind of went through it. Like leading up to 2018 season, I was so focused in getting back into shape, like losing weight and like just kind of getting into a healthier lifestyle. And I felt as if, if I started going to the gym instead of running, because during this process, I like almost fell in love with running. Like I'm alone to myself, like in my head, I can think things out, stressful day, you know? So I think I didn't want to complicate things by going to the gym and like working out and getting stronger. Cause physically I was pretty decent. Like for my body weight, sure. I was I could lift my own body weight, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be some, you know, power lifter or anything. So I didn't want to complicate it. So I just wanted to run and doing so I didn't realize because I started watching what I ate, but while I was running and I was eating really well, I was staying away from a bunch of carbs, like processed carbs. But then doing that, I started to cut quite a bit of carbs out. And I cut too much carbs out, which in turn, with all the cardio, I lost a ton of body fat. But I also lost a lot of muscle. So leading into 2018, like in September, first part of September, I was still pretty strong. But it kind of crept up on me. And by the time I went to Utah... I had lost a lot of body, like a lot of body muscle, like actual lean muscle. And I would say that I felt it on our trip. I felt good physically, like cardiovascularly. I felt great, you know, but when I started hiking those mountains and having weight on my pack, I could feel it. So I told myself, oh, well, when the season's over and we're done hunting, I'll focus on getting back to where I wanted to be. So back to the YouTube vlog. I had actually kind of ran through it just a half bit detailing like, yeah, I did lose quite a bit of muscle doing cardio. So now that the season's over, I have transitioned from running 20 to 25 miles a week into running anywhere from seven to 10 miles a week, but going to the gym all the time. Yeah. From what I remember of last year, you were running a lot, like a crazy amount um, like typically you still, you still run quite a bit now in comparison to the, the normal, a normal everyday person out there in America. And, you know, just as, as a little caveat, um, physical fitness is all, it's all relative. And I'm just going to be talking about, or Brendan and I are going to be talking about phys, f- physical fitness in terms of how it relates to our everyday lives and, and, uh, and pretty much what we enjoy doing and, and where physical fitness like comes into place with everything and Brennan and I are hunters and I don't think there's any other way 
to think about fitness except for in a practical aspect. Like working out and running, it's all it's all practical. We don't care about aesthetics. Like we we run and we lift so it benefits us when we're in the field. But um for the most part a lot of America is lazy. Real lazy. Oh, it's horrible. And I I find myself being a lazy American the majority yeah. of the time because um I I I'm I'm motivated, but I'm not dedicated, which is a crazy thing to think about. Like I have that spark in my in my head that says, "Hey, you should go run. You should go lift. You should go to the gym. You should go go right. hiking." But I don't have the dedication to stay on it every single day when that motivation isn't there. See, when the suck happens and yeah. it's raining and it's cold and I'm warm in bed, like I don't want to go do any of that. And that's where I'm not when motivation's gone, I'm no longer dedicated to it. Right. So I I developed a lifestyle. That's what I did. And that's why when I said, Oh, I didn't want to complicate it, because when you start to complicate things, it makes it harder to do it. So for me to get up when I first started running, <clears throat> John from JP Outdoors, he he didn't he kind of inspired me to start running, but where I drew my motivation was from Cameron Haynes. Dude, Cam Haynes, keep dude, hammering. He is bad. Dude, he's a bad he's a he, bad guy. Dude, he's he's, bad. he's a beast. Yeah, he is an animal. And so I always looked at it like when I first started running to get back into shape because I was skinny fat. Like, I'm a working foreman in my day job, right? Yep. Like, I have to work, but generally speaking, I'm not the one swinging a hammer anymore. Yeah, no, you're, you're supervising the guy swinging the hammer. Yeah, and, and I still do my job, and I still help out and do all that, but like I said, generally speaking, I'm not in there doing everything anymore, whereas I used to be. So I was more physically fit, more physically active. I was burning more calories, and it, it all plays into your overall fitness, right? Yeah. So I became super skinny fat. I'm 6'2", and I weighed 215 pounds, right? Well, currently, I'm 6'2", and I weigh 185 pounds. So it's like 30 pounds right there. A little bit of muscle, but more fat that I've burned and kept off, and now I'm trying to get back up to have more weight for more strength, right? But when, it, when you complicate things by running, and working out, it just makes it harder. So you want to develop the lifestyle prior to taking on more. So you do small things. So when I first started running, I was only running like a mile and I would walk. And then I would slowly but surely, I got up to almost three miles I could run without stopping. And I stayed at that. So every day after work, boom, I'd take off. Be back in 25 minutes, right? I'd do my loop, take my dog, kept my dog out. It, it was getting her exercise, getting me exercise, but it developed into a lifestyle, which allowed me to continue it for over a year leading up to, to hunt season and, uh, moving through hunting season. I was still running a lot, still hiking. And then when we're out hunting, we're on the mountain, 40 pounds on our pack, you know, we're doing what we're doing, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when it all comes full circle for me, it's not as hard to continue to run just taper it off, but go to the gym because it's already a part of my lifestyle to be active still after work. I don't, I don't get lethargic when I drive home. I actually get pumped up because it's me. It's who I am now that this is what I actually look forward to. When I have a hard day at work, I just think about being alone to myself running. 
Like getting getting home, taking my old lady, we go run three miles or whatever that may be, you know, just allows me to stay fit. Yeah. And building a lifestyle is a huge thing. It's like, it's like brushing your teeth. You just, you have to do it every day. You got I it. mean, if I were to explain to you brushing your teeth and healthcare and the dangers of cavities and gingivitis, it would bore your head off. And then, you know, you wouldn't think about, you know, doing it as like, oh man, this is, this isn't, this isn't my I don't have to do this, you know, but you have to, you have to, because it's your, your health. And it's the same thing with working out. As long as you look at it as something that you have to do, not something that's, you know, not a, you know, an event or an occasion or something like that, or something that you do only when you feel like you're in the mood, you you brush your teeth if you're freaking tired and Mm -hmm. you know, you get home from work late or whatever. As soon as you go to bed and as soon as you wake up, you brush your teeth. That's just how you do it. It's It's the same thing about fitness. It's part of your daily routine. Yeah, it's routine, mm-hmm. and a lot of people put physical fitness into a place of, you know, a place of luxury, because that's what a lot of Americans think of, of gyms, you know what I mean? They think of gyms, and they think of fit people, and they think, oh, they think they're only looking like that because of money, because they bought that, they bought that body, they bought that style, but, you know, it's it just goes back to the nuts and bolts of working hard and hammering. Yeah. And, uh, dude, that's what I love about Cameron Haynes. Yeah. It's, he's simple. He, it's super simple. He, he works his day job. He'll run and then he goes to the gym, but it's part of his lifestyle. Like it's like brushing his teeth to him. He would probably, he would probably feel like crap if he didn't do that. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Cameron Haynes is a sponsored athlete now, but he, he was just a run-of-the-mill guy who, who you know... Who, Grew up in the foothills of Oregon that yeah. fell in love with bow hunting. Yeah, and then he made a lifestyle out of it because he, he's, he, he talks about it all the time. He's not the best hunter. He's not right. the best, you know, runner, athlete, but he works hard at trying to be it. Absolutely. And you can tell because he's like, what, 50-something? Probably. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's not 25. Yeah, he's an older guy, he's but older he's guy. jacked. And yeah, you can tell is. it's because... Hey, he works hard at it. Well, yeah, he he. So he's he's jacked, right? I mean, it's no. You look at yeah. him and you're like, he's just jacked through the gills. But he probably eats whatever he wants. I know he's probably not drinking soda. I mean, I've never like read any of his books, and I probably should. Maybe he details out his diet. But from what it looks to me, he's like a meat and potatoes guy. He runs, shoots his bow all the time, and we're not talking running two miles. This dude's doing like 10 miles a day on average, right? And then he'll like, I think it's every Thursday he runs a marathon, like 26 miles. He'll run three times in a day, but he'll put like 26 miles down. I, th- I want to say it's like every Thursday he does it, you know? But so he's a meat and potatoes guy. He runs and he works out. And it's become a lifestyle and it's, people gravitate towards that. And I used that when I was changing my lifestyle as you know if he could do all that and i'm can't like i can't even get off the couch when i get home from work after i eat a bowl of ice cream and watch deadliest catch you know like to me i was i didn't feel bad about it but i was like man you realize life could be so much more oh yeah you're, you're missing out on a large, yeah. large portion of it yeah and you know <sighs> If you guys haven't looked up Cameron Haynes, you should do it because he's he's a huge, 
huge inspiration to a lot of people. But for me and Brandon, it's it's crazy because he is he does it for the practical aspect. Yeah, to yeah. hunt better. He de- yeah he does it to be the most efficient he can be in the woods. Yeah, and it's it it shows because hey he's a, he's a hell of a hunter. Oh yeah, it's yeah. great. You, you know, he's not the one that's taking a seat right before he hikes the mountain. You know, yeah. he's getting after it. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, Brandon touched on it. The other half of fitness, which is dieting, a lot of people, you know, they think that if they just diet, that they can get, you know, the aesthetics that they look for, or vice versa. They think that hey, if they they just do fitness, they can eat like crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's all about balance. It is. It's about balance, it and is. people tend to have a tendency to look at things with just one side in mind. So, for example, um. For my my specs, I'm five foot four, and I've been about 120 pounds my entire life, essentially, and that's just because I have a strict diet that I stick to. Usually, I I have a, a small breakfast, uh, usually garbage, and then if anything, I have one other big meal the rest of the day, which is typically garbage. <laughs> but, at least you're honest. Yeah, I, I am honest. I eat like crap. It's it's my my Achilles heel. I. I'll eat and drink whatever and whenever, right. but that's my typical style. I eat something small, and then I, I eat something big later. And it's just all about portion control for me. Like, I'm not a super athletic guy, um, but if I wanted to make a change, you know, it would be with a combination of diet and exercise. Right. So what I eat right now is, like, it's it's crap, to be honest, but it's just enough calories to keep me at my same weight and um, keep me you know, with an aesthetic that I like or with a practical fitness that I like. Right. Um, you know, I can do things pretty easily. I've worked a blue collar job pretty much my entire life and I've kept up with the guys that are twice my size and twice my weight, but it's just because, you know, I'm not carrying around a ton of weight. You carry your body weight. Well, yeah, I carry it, you know, it's all muscle in the right spots. It's, it's practical because I've, I've worked those blue collar jobs and, through doing that repetitive motion of swinging a hammer or pulling cable through anchor rods, you know, I, I keep that fitness practical and my calories just happen to sustain that lifestyle that I have. See, for me, I'm eating an excess of calories right now, but that's also because I'm lifting weights. I'm stressing my body to transform it into more, right? Like, if you're not active, like if you're not lifting weights and stressing your individual muscle groups and you take in an excess amount of calories, then your body needs to run on a daily basis. You're going to store fat. Whereas if you're stressing your body and you don't have enough calories to do so, right, to, to rebuild the muscles, you're going to burn the fat you have as uh, a fuel source, but you're also going to, at a certain point, start to lose muscle because yep. your body's going to consume itself. Mm-hmm. It's right? a caloric deficit exactly. is what they call it. And for me, I'm taking in anywhere from, I would say on average, 4,000 to 4,500 calories a day currently. That's quite a bit. It is, but I'm also six foot two and it takes fuel for me to run my body the way I need it to perform, right? So I would say on average... My body probably takes 23 to 25. I mean, I don't know the exact scientific, but I would say 2,500 calories yeah, based a day on a 2,500 2, right. calorie diet. It, 
and I can tell when I wasn't working out and my caloric intake wasn't what it needed to be, I would just get real lethargic, you know, or when I ate way too much, my body would also get super lethargic and want to take a nap because I ate too much and my body needs to process it, right? Yep. Compared to not having the fuel for my body to run. It would do kind of the same thing. But now that I'm stressing my body running still and going to the gym, my body's like, feed me. Yeah. Just feed me, feed Give me. Give you feed anything, me. yeah. So in the morning, I wake up, I uh, have a protein shake with a scoop of oats and probably four or five tablespoons of peanut butter and whole milk yeah. right? and ice. Big, I don't know. I want to say it's probably a 48-ounce smoothie, like a, a protein shake that I blend up in the morning. And then I go to work, and then a few hours later, I'll probably have a bagel with butter, four eggs, like boiled eggs, and then I'll have a protein bar a few hours after that, right? And then for lunch, I'll grab anything healthy that I can bring from work, like or, or bring from home, like leftover dinner, chicken and veggies and rice or chicken, veggies, quinoa, whatever, you know, or I'll go to some, like not a fast food, but I'll go to a restaurant or whatever and, and I'll get lunch, right? I'll get like a chicken salad. Um, just, I don't skimp on anything, right? Then I get home and I'll slam a, typically I'll slam a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or maybe like a ham sandwich, go to the gym, work out, and then I'll come home and I'll eat dinner. But it all adds up, right? And it's yeah, it does. It's what I need to gain weight, and I have been gaining weight. I've been gaining a little bit of body fat with the muscle I've been putting on. But the way I see it is, I'm gonna have to bulk up to lean out. Yeah, exactly. That's what you know. It's it's common in when it comes to weightlifting and building uh, muscle. If that's what you're looking to do, you just you have to be in a, a caloric surplus. You have to have more food than you're using. So you, your body has enough to keep building muscle and keep a good recovery cycle and everything else gets stored as fat. But when Brandon decides that, Hey, it's time to, time to start looking good. He just simply changes his diet a little bit and then changes his workout a little bit. And then he's going to shed all that fat and what's going to be left underneath is, you know, all that muscle that he's been putting on in that beach body essentially that all people that, are looking for all that lean muscle yeah exactly but lean lean muscle that's not that's not the objective yeah it's not it's not it's a benefit but it's, it's not benefit. the objective yeah but that's not the objective my objective is i want to be able to pack more weight yep more comfortable mm-hmm. you know so that that's what i'm after whereas some dudes want to bulk up and then lean out summers here you know whatever look good it no fault to them. Do your thing, you know, whatever. I, people want to look good. But for me, this, this isn't the. the not, yeah, the, the prime result of what you're right. looking for. Yeah, it's, you know, practical fitness versus the aesthetic fitness. You got to, you know, there's a there's a balance between the two, of course, just like anything else. And you honestly have to figure out what you're looking for when you're doing it. Of course, you know, you should be working every day to become be a more physically active human being because you know it's just what you should do to take care of yourself the one thing that i've noticed that it has done to me it has allowed me to do probably two or three folds right is shoot my bow better yeah you're you're hanging that bow out there yeah. for longer you're that, feeling stronger that's exactly you're it. drawing more weight yeah i i mean i shoot a 70 pound bow it's maxed out 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Rain Botec Rain Seven, but I but I have a full doinker setup on it, so I have a front bar and a side bar, right? And I probably have uh, eight ounces out front. I'm not sure. I want to say close to eight ounces out front and maybe ten in the back. Yep, this is a lot of weight. It's a ton of weight, and my bow is heavy. And it in it, I saw dramatically. Because I hadn't shot my bow for three weeks. And then we went to Animal League, and I was on fire. Yep, because you were stable, dude. You were rock solid. I didn't have shoulder burnout. And hanging that bow, I already have long arms. Yep. You know? And my draw is 31 inches. Mm -hmm. Like It's probably a little longer, to be honest. But I shoot at 31 inches. So hanging that bow way out there with all that weight, it, it really puts some strain on my shoulders. But... Working out, it allows me to shoot my bow way better than what it was last year or the year before. Yeah, that reminds me of when I first started shooting. I had my bow dialed down to, I think, 55 pounds, which is less than you're supposed to safely shoot it. That's just because I was, you know, just starting off in the sport. And, you know, it was still hard for me. But with repetitions and with practice and with proper form, you know, now I'm pulling back 70 pounds like nothing. So you back that 70 pound bow down, down to, to 55. Yeah. You dangerously. You're like on the last two threads. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not safe. I don't recommend you do it, but you know, it, <laughs> it just allowed me to get reps in, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It allowed you to build muscle. Yep. But when it's all said and done, I want to be a better archer. I want to be a better marksman with my rifles. I want to be a better outdoorsman and hunter in general when it's all said and done that's what i want to be yeah because that's who you are right it's you're a hunter first and then you're an athlete second yeah i mean listen i'll run a 5k man and my last one i did i i banged that out in 22 minutes and some change and i know that i could run it faster now than i was able to do it then and i know that because i've timed myself now but i mean I'm an I, I'm an archer first, you know. Tooting his own horn over Whatever. here. Whatever, I don't Tooting care. Tooting his own horn. Hey man, I'm quick. Yeah, he's pretty quick. I've seen him run. I've seen him hike, dude. Brand's a beast. You are you're. Which one's beeping at us? Ooh. Oh no. I can't remember what we're talking about. Tooting my own horn. Yeah, tooting. Yeah, I suck at running. Like, it's one of the things that I've been doing a little bit more uh, since I'm going to the academy March fourth. Um, yeah, I would say running is probably for me, it allowed me, I see, that's the hard part because I lost a bunch of muscle, but I also still retained a lot of strength and that's kind of like, that's kind of contradicting myself a little bit, but the proof is in the pudding. I mean, granted our deer here are very, they're not, they're about half the size as an out of state deer. Okay. Either a white tail back East it's probably quarter the size as those. Those are monsters. But yeah, they're tiny out here. They're tiny out here. But, the, you know, in comparison to the deer in Utah, they're about half the size. I packed that whole thing out solo. John's yeah. deer, I packed that whole thing out. Now, and I was on the move. I burned you guys up the mountain. Yep. There's something to be said about that. Granted, I did take a shot of Dark Mountain Kodiak, which is a pre-workout that'll light you up. Yeah, I've taken it once. Actually, I, I took it on that. I think it was that day. Did you? Yeah. I it think helps. So. Yeah, it does. It, it does do, help. It does. It helps out. I take it every time I hit the gym, and uh, I, f- I feel it. 
you know, there's something to be said about a pre-workout. Yeah. Do you usually take a pre-workout before you work out? I do. Every time. Every time. Well, I mean, yeah. If I, as long as I have it, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Dang, man. That's crazy. Uh, I, I don't take pre-workouts just because, uh, I, I experimented with them in college a little bit and I never really, it never really caught on. I always felt itchy. I always, you know, after there's a bunch of strain or if, after I was having a, you know, what it felt like a good workout, my stomach would just turn to acid and I just couldn't do it. So, tear you up? Yeah, it'd tear me up. I mean, you can get like natural pre-workouts. Yeah, I just, I just do water. I mean, I, I don't need them to work out. I just, when I first started running, I would take pre-workout and what it, it, I don't know, it was weird. It gave me the tingles. It kind of got me pumped up. I mean, it did get me pumped up. It like got me jazzed to go run because I always wanted to push how fast I could run. I timed myself with my Fitbit. I'd run the same run every day. And when I was pushing it, I kept track of those times and my times as I continued to run. I mean, I was able to run, I would say after the first month, I was able to run as far as I typically wanted to go out to that eight, nine, 10 mile mark. And then I would really start to feel it. You yeah. Know? But that's just, that's just fatigue. Then it becomes a mental game. Like you just got to keep going, you know, like physically you can do it. Your heart rate actually slows down and you find your rhythm and your pace. And as long as you're not climbing hills and you're typically on a level running surface or slight incline or decline, you're able to keep your heart rate pretty uh consistent yeah it's about finding that golden zone yeah you find that golden zone and naturally my pace would slow down when i find that but when i'm in that golden zone i'm like i don't know anywhere from like 8 30 to 8 45 minutes yeah it's fast it's fast fast, yeah i mean i and it kind of blew me away like i got a long stride though so yeah that that, is yeah let's go let's go to long strides you are like you said six one ish, six foot something. Yeah, I'm like almost six two. I'd say I'm six two. Yeah. Uh and John's like what, five ten, five eleven, yeah. something like that. And I'm five four. Yeah. And uh keeping up with you guys is tough for me because of stride. Like sometimes like I'll walk behind you guys and I'll try to walk in your guys' footsteps and it's like I'm doing lunges, and dude. You can it's feel it. Yeah, it's so long. Like it's probably an extra f- foot foot and a half maybe that i have to make up to match your guys' stride length and so that just means i I take more steps i have to change my cadence you know yeah and like for me the utah trip was a huge eye-opener in terms of in terms of physical fitness because it's all practical it's like hey are you going to make it up that mountain or not and how how much energy are you going to expend doing it and you know it just it sucked because i thought i was pretty physically fit you know i'm i'd like to say that i'm more fit than the average american out there but dude it was a huge eye-opener in terms of the standard at which hunting takes place when you're hunting you're hunting as a group and you never want to be the slowest person right yeah just like you don't want to be the last person to tag out yeah exactly <laughs> you just got to keep going and keep going and, and keep I, going i don't just a tear off the subject real fast. I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know why I never want to be the last person to tag out. I feel like there's a lot of pressure put on me when, when I, when I'm the last one that needs to fill a tag or the second to last. Yeah. It, it just goes down to the time. It adds it another aspect to it. it. Does. Time. You're, you're not out there forever. 
so you're out there you got a time limit and it and it just kind of creeps up on you yeah pressure starts to build Mm -hmm. but i would say generally speaking while we're out there to get back on subject i don't feel like i was calorie deficient when i was out there oh no way dude like i i know i was in a calorie surplus which is why i started feeling way better at the end of the at the end of the trip and why and that's also why when i came back everything was so easy was because i had all the stored energy from utah to run in california at a lower elevation oh yeah yeah absolutely I mean, the elevation had had its effect on me. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like it at the time, but looking back on it, yeah, absolutely it did. I mean, that, it went from sea level basically to anywhere from 8,000 to 11,000 feet. Yeah. And that's just another thing. With hunting comes like variation in temperature and in incline in your environment. It all is extra variables that don't happen in a gym with a treadmill and or in your you know, in your neighborhood when you're jogging, when you're out there, you're out there. You you have that set amount of time to get some work done, which is get an animal, and you just have to adapt. And the reason why it's important that you practice every day at being physically fit is because you just want to increase your chances of being successful later on despite adversity, despite changing conditions, because those are the last things that you have on your mind and they're the last things you want to worry about. Right. When I got into shape, when I when I said, ah, oh, screw it, I'm going to start running, you know, I originally got into it so that I wouldn't be unsuccessful on my hunt because I wasn't fit enough. Like, I wanted to be fit to the point where I knew that if I wasn't successful on my hunt, it wasn't because of me and my physical abilities. I didn't want to be able to not cross the next ridge because I was too tired. Or I didn't want to be able to mentally want to go the extra mile, right? Because when you're out of shape and you're struggling, the last thing you want to do is go further. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not in shape, your mind is going to just make you want to quit. Then that's where it comes into mental toughness. You know, like when I go on these long runs and I do 12, 13 miles. Oh, we're transitioning into mental fitness right now. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. It, mental toughness is probably the most important thing when it comes to fitness. Yeah, because you have to embrace the suck. Yeah. As it, people say. You got to embrace the suck. And then also on top of that, it mental toughness is what allows you to go the next day, like go to the gym or get up and run. Or when you get home from work and you had a tore up day and you're sore or whatever, you don't want to do anything. Mental toughness is what makes you do it. There's not a doubt in my mind. And if Cam Haynes said it, I would call him a liar to his face. I guarantee you there are days where he does not want to do it, but he does it anyways. Cause Mm -hmm. he's like mentally, he looks back on what he's done and goes, it's just another day. Right? I can do this. No problem. I've done it a million times. Plus, look at all the kids looking up to me. Yep. All the people looking for me for inspiration, you know? Like, there's tons of that, you know? And there's yeah. not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just one of those things where it's added. It's just one of those things that one can either make you or break you right. is the pressure, the outward pressure from people and the inward pressure of you meeting expectations. But, you know, that's kind of beside the point. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where you have to go no matter what you're thinking. Mental toughness is is wicked. Because there's there's been times I'm six miles out. 
right? And you got to go six miles back. And you got to go six <laughs> miles back. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you right now, I don't know how many times it's crossed my mind that I went, I can just stop right here and get an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I can have Uber come and pick me up right now and take me home. Like yeah. that is always an escape route for me. And I kind of use that as motivation. Like Brandon, you're really going to quit. Yeah. Like you're really going to quit right now. Even though I don't want to, and I, we live in Temecula, California. You live in Menifee, yep. a little bit north. I would argue that it probably gets hotter up where you live than where I live. But there are days where it's 110 degrees here. Yep. And and listen, people always tell me you're crazy for running in that heat. You're going to get heat stroke and heat exhaustion. That's what they tell me. And I just tell them, dude, it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something, but go ahead. You can go. It's it's about getting acclimated. It's about it pr- it's about practicing and right. getting your body and your mind ready. Right. I I drink a lot of water, period. Right. I'm not saying you can't get heat stroke, but if you prepare for it, and you are physically fit or in shape or on that cusp of being in shape, right, where you're not a couch potato but you're able to get out and run a few miles, it's a mental toughness. It's mental toughness that allows you to push through that. And you can just. If you do it one day, you can do it the next day. We were, as a species, we sweat. Yep. Like you cannot tell me we were not meant to be outside in the heat. I mean, it's hard for me to explain. Bottom line is you can run in the heat and I don't let the heat slow me down. Right? Like I'm not saying my pace is extremely fast, but I'm telling you the heat will not stop me from running. All my buddies at work are like, dude, you're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm just not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. So when I look back on it and go, well, I don't want to run right now, right? I don't want to run because I had a bad day. Then I look at myself in September and I go, Brandon, you ran in 115 degree heat, right? You did three miles. Now you were slower. You were covered in sweat, but you're prepared for that. That's what I'm prepared for. I live in Southern California. I live in the desert. I don't live in Montana where the hottest it gets is 95 degrees or San Francisco or, or San Diego. Or exactly. Like I live in the desert. So I am acclimated to this come March. We're going to be 99 degree heat. Yep. I mean, it, yeah, without a doubt, it'll be hot next month. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right now it's 50 it, degrees. Yeah. It's when it's cold in the desert, it's cold. It's cold. But you know what? Just like that, it's a hundred degrees. And I, I just don't, I don't let it slow me down. It boils back down to mental toughness. If I can run in the heat, I can run in the cold, period. And I don't let it slow me down. Yeah, and it's one of the major things that it, it when it unlocks in your mind, it's such a powerful thing oh, because yeah. a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, like a lot of people say to you that you're crazy. You're crazy for doing it. And the same people that would say that say the same thing when it comes to long-distance motorcycle riding. Like when I took my Utah trip, I took it in the heat, the, the hottest part of summer, dude. I know. It was. You were nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. But after that, dude, after riding in 110 degree heat and then only seeing it rise and rise and rise up until 118 and you're like, wow, this sucks. But you just have to, you just have to keep thinking smart. You have to be like, okay, I need to take care of my basic needs. I need to make sure I have water. I need to make sure that my mind is still here. But when you do stuff like that, you realize that everything is it can be it can be comfortable you know we live in comfort and that momentary discomfort is worth it because you understand and it puts things into perspective how 
how easy life is for one and how much you can accomplish. Because when you do it once, you can keep doing it. Oh, yeah. You, you can say, oh, it's not as, I've gone through worse, I've gone through worse, I've gone through worse. Without a doubt. Yeah. But I, it's just, it boils down to proper nutrition, hydration, mental toughness, and then your physical ability. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's so easy to say that, you know? Well, so, it is. It, it's easy <laughs> yeah. for me to say that. And it's because you're physically fit and you look good. No, I, and I hate <laughs> that, but no, I mean, ask John, ask John. Oh yeah. John lost. I think John's lost a hundred pounds. When I first met John, he was fat. He was fat. I didn't actually recognize him when he lost a bunch of weight because no, he lost it so quick. I remember meeting John at the dock at work. Right. And we started talking very like small talk, you know, oh, I'm from Idaho, you know, that I hunt. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, maybe one day we'll talk, you know? But he's a contractor, so he worked, and we didn't work like every day on the same crew. So I would just bump into him every once in a while. Well, I didn't really meet John and actually become John's friend until I bumped into him at Faith Armory. Well, when I bumped into him at Faith Armory, he was already down like 50 pounds. So I didn't even recognize him. And then we started talking. Whoa, that was you. So anyways, that's the transformation. And, And he could tell you. I'm sure he was didn't want to do it yeah from what i what i understand he just he made a simple life change that's it now that i'm probably sure that he would say it wasn't simple but or it would, it's simple now that he looks back on it but he cut out drinking yeah and he lost a crazy amount of weight yeah he quit drinking yeah he quit drinking and it just dropped off of him well yeah and it, and it i like seeing success stories like that yeah big people losing a ton of weight getting healthy being happy i like seeing it i do it it almost it motivates me i don't want to say it almost motivates me but it motivates me to keep doing what i'm doing like over the past year i run my loop right drops down into the riverbed there's there's a community of people that as a runner i see them all the time right i mean i don't sit down and know their name or talk to them but you see them in passing and you know the dedicated ones because you see them all the time. You see people in there running, but then you don't see them for three weeks, you know? Yeah. But then you see the people that every time you're running, you see them running. And they all have a schedule. Like, typically, I get home around 4 o'clock, right? I'm normally running by 4.30, right? So I'm on the track. Well, I call it the track. But I'm on the loop about 4 o'clock or 4.30, I'm sorry. And those same people that I see all the time are on the same time schedule. Some start a little earlier than me and some start later. But we always cross paths, whether they're finishing their run or I'm starting my run, right? Or they're starting. We always see each other. But they all probably went through the same struggle of starting, continuing, turning it into a lifestyle. And now it's second nature to them to do it. You just have to do it. And that goes back to another thing that we touched on is routine. I just want to stress that, you know, I was probably the most fit when I had a a dedicated work schedule, you know, because when you have an anchor of like something as important as work, you realize, Hey, I can, I can, I can make time here or there. But for most people, that's not their situation. And you just have to, you have to prioritize physical fitness, just like you prioritize anything else you like to do. And you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice your time on the couch and you have to sacrifice time with your family or you can bring your family along. But 
time management is super important and it's one of the things that where it's one of the things that mental mental toughness comes in where you have to make the decision to say hey instead of being happy and comfortable I'm going to go ahead and push myself I'm going to push and push and push and you know mental toughness is just it's so important to have it's it's better than any aesthetic or any you know any practical fitness there is because you carry mental fitness with you everywhere with everyday life yeah you carry it through you know crappy days at work or when you have a ton of work to do or when your family's you know getting hard that mental toughness just stays with you as a human being yeah. where an injury it you know it can stop you from you know working out or anything like that but or when your diet slips or your routine falls through your mental toughness is what's going to bring you back Absolutely. and it goes back from to what i said before motivation versus dedication it's dedication is mental toughness yep. being dedicated to what you want in life and and doing it no matter what and seeking to always be better but i keep saying but that's a popular one in this podcast that's all right yeah that's okay i um, think it's your mannerism yeah it's a mannerism it's just just it is what it is i i would i would say that overall i'm not concerned about like how far i can run um, how much weight I can lift or any of that. I'm more concerned about like my health and if I'm going to be able to perform in the field. Yeah. You know, and looking at it that way, that's something that we haven't touched on is, you know, physical fitness as an aspect of health. It's one of the most important things you can do to stay healthy. You know, there's a lot of garbage out there. There's people smoking cigarettes and vaping and, you know, drinking too much alcohol and just living unhealthy lifestyles, introducing a bunch of chemicals into their body. But physical fitness, like your cardiovascular system and your mental toughness, those are things you can control. You can't control what a, what somebody puts into food and you put in your mouth. Of course, you can control what you put in your mouth, but you know, for the most part, you're introduced to chemicals that you don't even know about. You know, right. For example... I recently got diagnosed with a thyroid disease and it sucks. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think I can control it, but there are things in my life that I can control. And my mental toughness and my, my mentality says, don't let that affect you. Just keep going. Keep doing what, right. you're, what you're doing. Getting and, all tired and stuff. Yeah. And it sucks. It wears you out. I can tell like when we talk on the phone, when you're wore out, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I'm like, oh, man, thyroid's on fire or something, you know? Yeah, it sucks. But being physically fit and, you know, working on the things that you can work on is, it's important that you do that. It's important that you take the hard route and you invest in yourself because there are so many things down the line that you might not know might come into your life. And, you know, it's just, it's it's crazy to think about, but you can control the things that you can control. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, real quick before we wrap this podcast up. John brought up to me because I was running so much and running far distances, like long distances every day, you know, in the heat. Like just I was pushing the limits and I just wanted to kind of push myself to it allowed me to. It's weird. I wanted to push myself specifically because I wanted to see how mentally tough I was. Right. But anyways, he brought up a good point. And I don't know if this is true, and I want to get your opinion on this. All right. 
He says, your heart only has so many beats. And it made me think because if you have a predetermined amount of beats in your heart, right? Like if you kind of just like look at it, this is a weird question. I know I could already see it coming. I know. But what I'm saying is like, if you look at it and really take a look at it and say, look, you're born and your heart has X amount of beats. Now it's up to you what you do with those beats, regardless of if you're physically active, right? And you're going to speed your heart up all the time. It's going to, it's going to take those beats off your heart, right? Whereas like if you sit on your couch and it doesn't matter if you eat and drink and do whatever, you still got the same amount of beats, right? Do you think that's true? Uh, I, I don't think that's true. I don't think the human heart has a, it's, it's one of those things like, do you believe <laughs> Brandon shrugging his shoulders and lifting his hands? Like I, no one can tell you the answer to that. No, but, but I'd, I'd like to err on the side of no, because that's, it seems pretty silly. Well, I mean, bones break down over time. Yeah, of course, but that's they, that's it's due to external factors like diet and you well, know, that's what pre- they tell us. Yeah, and genetics. Well, that's what the scientists tell us. If you live a hard life, swinging a hammer your whole life, look at these dudes that are sixty-five years old. They go, ah, my back, you know, I slipped this, my knee hurts, blown out, my wrist is all hurt because they've been working a physical hard labor job their whole life, right? And then you look at somebody that lived relatively healthy, you know, didn't necessarily smoke or drink or whatever, and they're 60 and they live like an active retirement, right? And not that that they don't have pain and just factors in life. It just, they worked out that way. But who's to tell you that Maybe, maybe because they did that type of work, you know, they weren't so hard on their body. They lived that long, but there's perfectly healthy people that croak over at 37 years old. Yeah, I, of course. But okay, here's, here's what I'm going to say about that whole swing and hammer. Those are, those are use, you know, use injuries. You know what I'm saying? So for example, the human body's not meant to be, you know, is not meant to be exposed to shock like that. For example, there's not a human's not supposed to run a jackhammer. We're supposed to be running around the fields throwing spears at people. Yeah, but is a human supposed to be running <laughs> 112 degree heat for 10 miles? To chase an animal? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just makes me think like maybe maybe pushing it like that isn't good. Well, the heart is a muscle just like anything else. It's like, does your tongue have a certain amount of licks in it? <laughs> right? <laughs> what do I... Right. No, I hey, man. All right. Touche. Yeah, you know? people people have injuries like that because of the high use and high impact and stuff like that. It's just like, imagine if, if I keep hitting your... bumping your heart at an irregular rate, you know what I mean? Or I put you in a, a, a vice and squeeze on your heart so it's constricted all the time. But your heart is just... It's just beating. It's its job. It's protected in a in a cage of of ribs with you know a layer of muscle and skin and fat to protect it. Versus you swinging a hammer, your impact is going directly to your bones and your cartilage and your ligaments. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, there's, there's probably something to be said too about living a lethargic life as well. Like yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, of course, because you're you're when you do enter into a strenuous activity, a lethargic heart isn't going to be, you know ready for strain 
it's just like working out any other muscle. If if I told somebody who couldn't do one push-up to do a million push-ups or to do push-ups until they couldn't anymore, it's, you know, it would be exhausting for them. Or to say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna walk up and on the street and say, hey, you're going to do 20 push-ups and then have them wait a minute. I'm going to do 20 more push-ups versus saying somebody like me or you to say, hey, do 50 push-ups. We can hammer out 50 push-ups in a minute. You know what I mean? It's just because we work out our, our chest, triceps, and biceps to do that right. versus... You know, just like a heart, a heart's just a, a muscle like anything else. It needs to be, it needs to be worked in a certain way. It's a muscle that's always working. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, y- you shouldn't work out your heart or we're working it out too much by getting, you know, by, by running or doing physically, physically active, um, exercises. It's just one of those things where it's just, I don't think there's, Every heart is programmed for a certain amount of beats. Like to answer your question, because th- it just I, made me think when I had heard that. <laughs> I just went, well, I mean, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a stupid thing to actually really think about because you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, common sense would tell you no. You know, it it doesn't have a certain amount of beats. You're a human being, and your health is will directly reflect on how long you live, right? Yeah. But it just got me thinking. There are plenty of factors that will, you know, prolong your life, I think. You know, I believe. Like, hey, you should you should be physically active. You should be entering in an active active state, you know, once a day or frequently during the week. Just because, hey, your heart's a muscle and you should be working it out. Building your 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 heart's strength and its ability to move blood is one of the reasons why you know, we do work out and it's a benefit of working out and, you know, diet also has an effect of how well your heart works. If you get, you know, your arteries clogged, you know, by eating garbage and, and you know, introducing a bunch of bad cholesterol in your body, what's happening? You're make you're forcing your heart to work more because there's restrictions. So, you know, I don't, I don't think the human heart has, you know, say, Brennan, you have two billion more beats in your heart to use them wisely. I think that the heart's a muscle just like anything else, and it's it's a piece of a system. You have to take care of the entire system, but you also have to take care of some of the parts. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, with uh, the whole physical heart, I'm going to talk about something of the, you know, the kind of other heart, the spiritual heart. I've been lying to Brandon for a while. Mm. I, I got into the police academy, dude. Dude, <laughs> yeah. did you really? I did. What? Yeah, I'm going March fourth. When did they tell you? They told me on Valentine's Day. Why'd you lie? To me? <laughs> because I wanted to get it on Gosh, video. Gosh, dang, man! Yeah, I'm going March fourth. Are you really? Yeah, I'm gonna be running, and you know, oh, it's it's gonna be the combination of everything. Dude, I was stressing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, dang it, man! I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I even, I even told you, call him, see what's going on. Yeah, man. I know. I had to lie to you, dude. I'm sorry. Gosh. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Hey, man, congratulations. Thanks, brother. You got a career. Yeah, I do. Just pass that academy. Yeah, that's Dang, it. Dang, dude. Yeah. I'm so jealous, I got man. it, dude. I got it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Gosh, dang. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you, so your chick knows? Yeah, she knows. So you were in San Francisco this past weekend, and you told her? Gosh, dang it, man. Yeah. 
I'm going. Are you serious? Yep, dead serious. So they called you on Valentine's Day. They called me on Valentine's Day. Was it that? Was it your recruiter gal or? No, it was, it was HR. They said. What they say? They just offered me employment. They said how much I'd make, and they said, "Hey, Ooh. March fourth, are you going or not?" And you said, "Absolutely." And I said, "Yes, thank you." Did you tell they, your? Uh... I did. I quit. Oh, you're not. I don't have any work, dude. Oh, man. Yes. I thought it was because of the rain. No, it's not. It's because I quit. I turned my van in. And well, everything. you helped those other techs out. They were trying to do. Uh, yeah, they're short on hours. Work. Yeah, so it wasn't like you'd be working all the time anyway. So you just gave your hours to those guys? Yeah. Good. So, so now I can f- focus on physical and mental. And, Gosh. Yep. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, dude. Man. I'm yeah. so jealous. You know what? I, you know why I'm so jealous, dude? Yeah, I know why. I had the opportunity to do it with you. Yeah, you did. And I don't know what the lame ass excuse I said, dude. It was like, yeah, we, we, I don't know what I, maybe I worked or something. It wasn't necessarily lame, but gosh, I should have done it. Cause I've been talking about it. There's a kid that's in the gym. His name's Oscar. I've known him forever. And from, from Escondido. And so he moved up here too. Anyways, he's like, works for sparklets. Right. And he's like, man, I need a better job. And I'm like, dude, my buddy, Patrick, he applied and he did all this stuff and he's just waiting. They told him, you know, March 4th is the Academy date and he just has to hear from HR and all this stuff. And he's like picking my mind about like what you went through. Right. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. And I told him, I told him, I said, man, I'd be in the same boat as Patrick if I was able to pass all like the written test because physically I would have passed it. No problem. Right. But it was like, you know, you got to do your written and your psych test, all that stuff. But man, he's been, gosh, dang it. Yeah, I'm going, you, dude. So you knew this whole time? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I'm man. sorry, Brandon. Hey, it's, sorry. All, it's all right. Yeah. Gosh. I just wanted to, you know, talk to you face to face about it and uh, also get it on video because. Did you vlog it? Did you? I, I vlogged part of it, but not the entire thing. There's certain things I can and can't say Don't about know. it. Yeah. Gosh. Yep. You gotta post something on on social media. Yeah, I know. I'm going to. Should I also have to shave my head. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do you really? Yeah, you I do. You, you have to shave your head. Yeah. Do you have to live up there? No, it's a it's not a living academy. So you just go. How long is it? Six months. Yeah, six months, eight hours a day. When are you out? When are you done? Uh, they haven't told you. No, yet. they haven't told me yet. Well, six months. Yeah, six March. months plus March fourth. Yeah, September. Beginning of September. That's uh, you'll miss. Doesn't matter. You're going to be able to hunt. <laughs> yeah. It don't matter. I mean, even it doesn't matter if you're not able to go out of state this year or not, man. You just, it, it nothing matters. Right? I mean, obviously you want to hunt. We can hunt locally, but yep. dude. Yep. Are you not excited? I am super excited. What's your, what's your parents say? Uh, they're excited. They're super excited, man. They said, uh, congratulations. So when do you go and like, when are you going to buy your Tacoma? I don't know, dude. There's some other financial obligations that I have, but, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. Gosh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I know, dude. Man. But yeah, it's going to push me physically and mentally. And, oh, yeah. You know. Well, that's where that physical toughness is going to come in, like that mental toughness. Yeah, exactly. It, that mental toughness is going to allow you to be physically tough. Yeah. You know? Dog. <laughs> Callie, here. Here. Doggo keeps trying to here. lick me. Down. Stay. Dang, man. Yeah, it's the combination of everything. Man, that's amazing. Yep. Because I told Michelle, I told her flat out, because when you had said, look, they said, hey, you know, I have a good opportunity to get in, you know, whatever. Those aren't the exact words. But what you told me, you know, I told Michelle, I said, Michelle, like, he's really getting in. I said, you know, if I was in his shoes right now, if I would have tested with him and I was in the same shoes, me and you, speaking to Michelle, me and you would be having a serious conversation about 
what I'm going to do for a living. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was word for word what I told her. Because she's like, you know, she don't necessarily want that. But, you know, schedule changes. Everything changes, you know. I mean, I'm pretty set in life. Monday through Friday, overtime, all that kind of stuff. But everything would change. But it doesn't matter. That's like a higher calling, man. Yeah, I've always is. wanted that. Mm -hmm. You know? I've always – I mean, I've been where I'm at for a long time. So, like, my mind wanders quite a bit. Not that I'm not grateful for what I have and what my job provides. But, man, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited I finally got to tell you. I'm excited for you. I actually dropped it earlier in the uh, in the podcast, and you didn't catch I it. I didn't even catch yeah, it. You didn't Did catch you? it. Yeah, dude. Wait. I said I'm, I'm going to the academy March 4th, and you just – you started talking about something else. I didn't even. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Did you drop it specifically to yeah. see what I said? Yeah, exactly. And you just blew it off. I just burned straight through. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm going to the academy March fourth. Uh, I'm gonna be running about twenty something miles a week on average. Is that what they said? Yeah, they said. The HR said be prepared to mm -hmm. run. That's five yep. miles a day. Yep. Just and bang five miles a day. High fat, high calorie diet. Yep. That it, will help your joints. Yeah. It's tough for me because I've never done, I've never been a good runner before, but now I have to. You have know? you ran five miles before? Yeah. I did it in prep for the Utah thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I know was, what you did. But I, I'll tell you, so how many? 25 miles a week? Yep. They make you run five a day. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of miles. They probably, they probably don't make you do it all at once. No. They probably make you do like two and a half in the morning. Yeah, and then as punishment, they tack on another two. Oh, yeah, they probably, they probably... Jumped out. So they said it's like military style or something? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. You excited? I am. <laughs> Super excited, dude. It's a, Man, it's a crazy gonna, chapter of my they're life. They're going to wear you out. Yeah, they are. And then but you know what? they probably still have to study stuff. Embrace the suck. I'm a better student than I am a better than I am an athlete. athlete. Yeah. So well, maybe you'll excel there. Yeah, I know. I don't doubt it. As long as I don't get hurt. Knock on wood. No, man. You won't. Yeah. Just eat right. Mm -hmm. Beep, beep. I would say, I mean, dude, I know like with my joints, when I run a lot, I'll feel it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm low on fats. Mm -hmm. Scoop of peanut butter a day, cottage cheese, butter on everything, mm -hmm. salmon. Oh, yeah. You, you're going to do decent financially, I'm sure. So Yeah, definitely. So I, I can afford be, the best you'll foods. You'll be able to get the best foods. Finally, instead of. I've, I, I've never made a lot of money, so I I, I buy cheap stuff. Because I remember you told me one time, I said, Patrick, what do you need for dinner? You're like, I don't know. I think my parents have like some leftover chicken thighs or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, not that that's not good. Like, I eat those all the time. But I was like, gosh, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to live a better life. I'll tell you that much. And your chick's pumped. Yeah, she's pumped. What do you got? I mean, so you're, did they say where you'll be? Indio Jail. It's going to be quite the commute. Indio Jail? Yeah. Where's it? That's like Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Past or before? Past Palm Springs, dude. But what are the hours like? I don't know. They, they I think it's 480s. So what they, Wait, hold on. Four, four, out, four days for 80s. Four, yeah, four, so 12-hour days, perfect. essentially. Four perfect. tens. Perfect. But they always tack on overtime. And then you get three days off. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Because it's not. it's not like you're working eight hours and then you're driving home. You're probably going to beat traffic. Their shifts are probably six to six. Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. So it's not like you're going to be sitting in traffic. Yeah, I sure hope not. Gosh, even man. If, even if I am, whatever, dude, yeah, embrace the suck. So they told you Indio Jail is where you're going. Yep. It should be finished in August of this year. 
that's when that jail's going to be. It's a brand new jail. Oh, it is? Yep, brand new. So you're going to be... Yeah, then they say you have to do like two years there. And yeah, it's it, it's that's how sheriff's departments work. You work two years, you have the option to stay there or go out in the streets and or apply for a different, um, a different department, not department. Did but they run you through like retirement and health care and all that? No, that's no, during no. my orientation. That's a couple of days away. That don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't so matter. You, you go and then they give you. When's your orientation? Uh, the twenty second. What is that? Two days from now. At Ben Clark. Yeah, Ben Clark. Gosh, yeah. (laughs) What's crazy is like Brandon, you're actually the reason why I I I did it. I remember you were like, "Hey, they got an expedited hiring. You should go. We should go do it." And I I remember. Okay. Yeah, I remember (laughs) going, Patrick. I think we should do it, man. And you're like, "Yeah, man, I'll do it." And then I didn't even talk to you that morning. You just went. No, I showed up and I was like, "Hey, Brandon, are you coming?" And you're like, "Ah, no, I can't." Yeah, I was like, "All right, I I guess I'm gonna do it then." And you did it. Yeah, I did. And that was six months ago. Yeah, it's right around there. Six months to come to get in the county mm-hmm. of Riverside. Yep. Second biggest county in California. Man. Yep. Sky's the limit. You got a degree, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to start off at $28.90 an hour. $65,000 a year. Is roughly. that what that breaks down well, to? roughly. Give or take. That's well, you double it and then add a little bit. That's more than I've made pretty much in my entire life. That's more than I made in my entire life. That's base pay. Yeah, as a cadet. God damn. Just to work out and read books and to get yelled at and to shine shoes. And do the best you can do. Yeah. It's going to be such that's like that's one of the biggest things in my head is when it comes to embracing the suck like I have the opportunity for something bigger. Oh dude. You have no idea. Yeah. Like, you just had grand entry doorways, two 15-foot-tall doors kicked open for you right now. Yep. Boom, on Valentine's Day. You know what that is? It changed your life forever. It did. You keep your nose clean, and you don't do anything stupid, right? I mean, like, seriously. Yeah. You will never, ever, ever look for a job again. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Until you retire. Until I retire. And this is, dude, that is what I told myself. I had the brains enough. When I started at SDG&E, I was an idiot. I was just some laborer at a construction company, okay? I dropped out of high school, got my GED. I knew I wanted more, right? Quit smoking weed. Like, I got my life straight. I knew that I wanted more. And when I got the call to go to work for SDG&E, I knew that as long as I kept my nose clean, literally, I come from a family of drug addicts, like if I kept my nose clean and I didn't mess up, bro, I'll never look for a job again. Yeah, it's true. And I've been here for 12 years. Yeah. Like, you know, man, it's such a great feeling knowing that I, I haven't missed a day of work in 12 years. Same thing with you. Like a couple weeks ago, you're like, oh, it rained. I didn't work. Yeah. Or it's slow. And that's a real struggle for people. Like that that is a real struggle. But man, like I said, you just had some doors kicked wide open for you. I know. It's Boom. such it's such a crazy opportunity. Man. And it's just one of those things where when the sucking gets hard and you know Embrace it. Yeah, embrace Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because right now is gonna be the hardest part of your career. Yeah. It hands will. down. When I was a laborer starting at SDG, 
even at the time I didn't, because that's all I was, was a labor. So I got in and I was like, man, I love this. I got healthcare. I got vacation. I got sick time. You know, I got all this stuff, you know, it's great. I made good money. It wasn't hard for me. Right. Because that's, I was just a worker bee. That's all I was. That's all I ever thought I was. But I remember this operator, his name's Grandpa John. He's going through a lot of stuff right now. We call him Grandpa John. He's the backhoe operator. He's going through some family stuff and God, man, I feel so bad for him. But, uh, he told me, this is the hardest part of your career right now. Just digging holes, right? And it hit it right on the head. Hit it right on the head because as you progress, you know, you're, you're no longer on the bottom of the totem pole. Everything's better. You learn how everything works. It's more of a smooth operation, you know? It's just, and that's the same thing you're at right now. Yeah. Dude, your dedication to the process to get through it. Because there were times where you're like, ah, oh, man, like you... You're like, I don't think I passed. And there were certain things like you I did not have mental toughness. No. The- and you were like, I don't think I passed the psych exam. And I was like, Patrick, you took the highway patrol one, right? And you go, yeah. And I was like, did you think you passed that? And you said, yeah, I did. And you failed <laughs> yeah. it. And then I was like, dude, look at it. And sure enough, boom, you passed it. And yeah. I was like, well, physically you're going to pass. As long as you pass your psych exam. Yep. You were good. Yeah. And there you go. It's just, it's a whole different mindset that I have now. And it's just, it's only going to get better. It's going to get hard. Life is going to get hard for me, but whatever. life's going to get so much what, better. Whatever, dude. Yeah. You know what, man? Look, this is all you got to tell yourself. We don't live in effing Haiti right now where they're demonstrating because they don't have food. Like they're burning their own country down because they can't get food right now. Like you're going to go home to a warm bed every night. You have the opportunity to make $65,000 a year in the academy, right? Yep. There ain't nothing hard about that. <laughs> yeah. Just go and embrace it. Feel the burn. Feel the suck. Yep. Eat it up. Enjoy it. Because that's the only time you're going to go through the academy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Eat it up. Yeah. And, oh, man, dude. I'm going to be fit. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You hammered today? I didn't do anything today. Yeah. I know you're going to go to the gym after this. I've been sucking down the free workout <laughs> yeah. this podcast. You yeah. know? But I'll yeah, probably man. go to the gym later. For sure. Yep. Gosh, man. So proud of you, bro. Hey, thank you, Brandon. Oh, man. It's going to be amazing for you. Yeah, it will be. I love it. And that's just... <sighs> My cousin right now is going through DNR Academy out in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, man, it's tough. I got texting him the other day. He's like, it's tough. And I'm just like... Don't you dare stop. Like, yeah. I don't even want to hear those words out of your mouth. You know, like I'm texting. I'm going, dude, you're you're 19 years old or 20, you know, and like he's in the same boat you are. Like, yeah. He'll never look for another job again. Mm-hmm. That's a, a, a state employee. Yeah. How An essential state employee. Yep. It's not like. Back when I worked with state parks, yeah. you get furloughed. Yeah, and you're you like, get furloughed because the budgets are cut. You know, no, dude, yeah. you want, you're going to get paid every day. Yeah. I'm pumped for you. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Think about all the hunting opportunities you're going to have in a couple of years. I know. Because you're going to have paid vacation. I know. You're telling me. Yeah. I know. Ooh. I'm looking forward to it, dude. I'm so pumped for you. Thanks, man. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's end this podcast, dude. Right, <laughs> dude, fitness is, is a huge part. It's going to be a huge part of my life, and... It's going to be my lifestyle. It will be my lifestyle. It should be. Because it's essential. It's essential to saving lives, and it's essential to being good at what my job is. 
And it's one of those things where it's finally clicked in my mind where I just have to do it no matter what now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees outside. I went running when it was 30 degrees outside this morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, got to run. Had to do it. Yeah. It's like Move brushing on. your teeth. Listen, just keep plugging along day by day to become a lifestyle. Yeah. That's it. That's just it, make man. make good choices. And that's it. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you, Brandon. I think that's another one. If that's you guys, one. if you guys want to hear more, uh, please feel free to let us know how much you like the podcast. And then, other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, there you go, podcast five. Love it. See you guys later. See ya.